Now we return you to the test card and some music. One, two. Welcome to the pilot, take 127, a weekly podcast reviewing the pilot episodes of television shows past and present. He is Jed Shepherd, And that guy over there is Mr. Rob Jelly, a.k.a. Rob Jelly the Third. Arise, Sir Rob. Oh, God, I'm going to say that. You've got a really comfy armchair and I can't oh, stand it. I'm up now. I can get my dad now. Oh, thanks very much. Excellent, sir. It's quite comfy, this armchair. How are you over there, Mr. Jed Shepherd? I'm very good, thanks. What armchair is It's like knitted, isn't it? It's like cro- a crochet armchair. I, I don't know what style of uh, upholstery this is, but yeah. it's lovely. It's very cosy. I imagine it'd be a bit itchy if you're sat here in just your pants. Yeah, which we'll, we'll try a bit later on. Depends on how the podcast okay, goes. Well, right? it is warming up. The sunshine is coming out, yeah. despite it being a January afternoon. Are you good? I'm very good, thank you. We've just had uh, lunch, as we, we tend to do. Always do. Been around the market, me looking for VHS. Yep. Um, and Rob just looking. Yeah, just yeah. looking at see what... I can't really buy anything. I'm going away in a couple of days' time, yeah. so... Um, but don't worry, because there will be some episodes of the podcast to listen to in the next coming weeks, so don't panic. <laughs> uh, we're recording quite a few today. Um, but yeah, um, talking of breakfast for lunch, because uh, that's what we have. We always have like a little... I have breakfast for literally every meal, basically. Do you really? I that, love breakfast. I, I only kind of, I guess, realised this the yeah. other day, or within the last couple of weeks, that... Breakfast is the best meal of the day. Not because, you know, the oh, it's important to start your day with a breakfast, blah, 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 blah. blah. No, because you can have a breakfast at any time of day and it is acceptable. And you can't do it the other way around. You can't 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 have have a curry at at like 6am. That is weird. Well, not in this country. In some countries you can. Yeah, okay, fine. But, you you know, there are, there's a line Mm -hmm. that socially acceptable meals. Yeah. Are you know have a window of you know sort of there's a window of acceptability with certain yeah. meals. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I also think toast is the universal food that can be eaten any time or day, day or night. You can get up in the middle of the night and have some toast. Yeah, be fine. Uh, first thing in the morning for lunch, anything toast. It bit peckish. Yeah, toast, toast. That's why I think I mentioned to you before. I want to set up a cafe called Just Toast. Just toast. Just sells toast. <laughs> Just sells to- You know that's just bread. Yeah. So Think- you're, you're, you're thinking about starting a bakery where you slightly overdo it. Yeah, just just, <laughs> just toast. Just toast. And and like I think people will initially be like, oh, what's what's this? What like doesn't make any sense. Why just toast? And I'll just be like, yeah, but do you remember when the internet first came out and everyone was like, oh, it's gonna like destroy what's the this? world. Yeah. It's the same thing. This is the new internet. Just toast, and I think one of those things where, where, where if you go into just toast, yeah, you can't go into just toast and then realize. Oh, I didn't want toast. Yeah. It's, it says what it is on the door. Exactly. Just toast. And then people will be like... And then, you'd the, be, then you'd be obliged sort of morally yeah. to get some toast because you can't go into just toast and then think, oh, no, I've just remembered I didn't want toast. Yeah, exactly. You'd look like a ripe melon, wouldn't you? And, and I mean, maybe I might push the coffee as well just so people can sit in like, and relax, but... I just want the food. I think if you if you go towards the beverage front as well, you would have to offer tea, and probably OJ. Yeah, for those who don't prefer a caffeinated drink. Yeah, yeah, but breakfast drinks, so tea, coffee, and orange juice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Maybe apple juice at a stretch. Oh, let's see, let's see. 
we'll, we'll discuss that in a future. Important question, though. I'm not yeah. sure I've ever established this knowledge about you. Yeah. Orange juice, smooth or bits? I. Do you know what? It depends on the mood. I like bits in the morning. Okay, fine. So if, because yeah. it's like like substance. We all like bits in the morning. But usually, I would say if I'm out and about, just because it takes less time to drink, yeah. probably the the uh, smooth one. Okay, but you, you're you not adverse to a, a bits orange juice. But bits is nice. Yeah, I, I like a bit it's of pulp. Lovely. A bit of pulp in the uh, yeah. orange juice. I'm oh, glad I've got that bit of knowledge. Yeah. See, every day's a school day. You should learn a little something about people around you all the time. Yeah. And like, maybe, I mean, when I do the, the, the Just Orange Juice... Uh, uh, cafe, just OJ. Yes, yeah, just OJ. Um, but can, we get, can we get Simpson to do the uh, advertising campaign? Simpsons? No, OJ. Simpson. Oh, OJ Simpson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, in, looking like the Simpsons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a Simpson caricature of OJ Simpson. Yeah, and I'll just be like, "Hey, I didn't kill my wife, but I'd kill to have this OJ." <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even sure if we've just crossed the line of legal. Never, never crossed the line. <laughs> Recourse or something. There but... is no line. Oh, is there not? Okay, no, good, no. good news. Good news. Uh, <laughs> but today we are talking about a couple of TV shows. Yes, last week, uh, well, the last episode was a tenant week with Good Omens and Broadchurch getting themselves into the league table. Yep. Broadchurch definitely made breaking the top 50 yeah. easily. Uh, but will either of the shows do that today? We have got A-listers on the podcast yeah. today. Both TV shows, film Big. stars. Big A-list film stars, yeah. very early on in their career, attempted a bit of television work. And these are two of those shows with two of those stars in it. Um, yep. I am going to go first this week. Okay. And my show... No, actually, no, you can go Shall first go this first? week. You should okay. go first this week. Okay. Well, the show that we're going to look at first this week is the one that's starring a massive action star, Bruce Willis, and another big film star at the time, Sybil Shepherd. Um you're a fan because of the name. Same surname. I reckon she's related to me in, in some way. Probably. Yeah. Um, but it is the massively popular 80s TV show, Moonlighting. So the opening theme song is actually called Moonlighting. Which, there should be some kind of points for the, for the theme song being called that. Um, no, you can't just suddenly magic up extra points here, just because well, your show is called the song, <laughs> the, the title of it. It's no. Did it, does it sing the word moonlighting? I don't... Does it? Oh, that's it. I don't know. Because it's kind of like smooth jazz, isn't it? I don't think it no. does. Well, look, smooth okay, jazz I, and You pop. look up whether or not it has lyrics to it that mention the word moonlighting, because I want to quickly rewind, but prior to the theme tune itself, with the opening scene, with the weird punk dude. Oh, man. Okay? The, the, the classically 80s punk. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, so typically punk, sort of 80s, weird, social outcast guy mm-hmm. who, for some strange reason, goes for a run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hang on. I didn't finish my sentence. Without any shoes. <laughs> it, that's right. He went for a run without any shoes. Now, the purpose of his run is to follow a guy who uh, is wearing a watch. Not just any guy, not just any watch. This guy is specifically wearing a watch that there's quite a lot of people looking for. Yeah. Uh, the guy wearing said watch does not realise this. And so Weird Punk Dude is going for a run through the park. Is he find... your guy, the Weird Punk Dude? No, no. My guy is coming up. Right, okay. I think my, I know who your guy's going to be. My guy's coming up. Stand yeah. by for it. I have a guy this week. Um, he, chases, he, he basically runs after him and really freaks him out, weirds him out. 
Um, long and short of it is the guy with the watch on uh, tries to get away from me and actually runs out into the road and gets run over. At this point, weird punk dude comes over, pretends to do the CPR thing and nicks the watch. Yeah. Gives his name or a name to the cops and legs it. All right. That is the opening scene. There's very little else going on. Then we cross to um, Maddie, played by Sybil Shepherd, yep. asleep in bed, waking up. Sun's obviously been up for a while. She's mm-hmm. a big star. She can get up when she wants. She's like a model. Yeah, she's a big superstar. She model get turned up, get businesswoman. Up, get up when she wants. Yeah. And so she's rolled over in a great big luxurious bed and she's sort of sauntering around, you know, in the typical way that sort of big you know, model movie stars do yeah. in these sorts of things in their sort of op- open dressing gown yeah. with the negligee and all that sort of stuff. And the house is beautiful. I'm and, sold so far. Uh, yeah. It, and, and you're thinking this is a big star house yeah. with a big star in it. Mm-hmm. But there's a bit of, um, well, hoo-ha, I think I yeah. call it, going on outside. And um, yeah, her cook is y- going absolutely... Um- Billy Bonkers. I'm guessing he's your guy. He's my guy. This guy, right? Can I just say, say a few things about him? So it's a standard, stereotypical Italian cook. Like, mamma mia, like this. <laughs> he might as well be Luigi. Yeah, he's from basically. Mario. Yeah, it's a me. And he basically, he is there kicking up the biggest fuss of all time. Now, if something's wrong, it, like, obviously, you get money for, 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 for your job, basically. Yeah. If, so, if it's not right on day one, or there's going to be in there, you maybe call HR. Yeah. You say, something that looks a bit weird. Can you have, have a look into it? This guy, on day one, the checker bounced. Yeah. And what, what do you mean it bounced? I don't think his name was Antonio. I can't remember his name was, but I go, Antonio, what do you mean it's bounced? He goes, it bounced. A bouncy, bouncy, bouncy. He goes, here, vase. And he's not smashing up her house. <laughs> like, mate, like, number one, you're not going to get that money anymore because you <laughs> smashed up this model's house. He starts throwing plates on the ground and... And like, and, and Sybil Shepherd to to, Grimaldi, to her credit, is just standing there. Go, look, can we, let's just talk about this. Very calm. I would have gone ballistic. He would have been bouncing. Yeah, he would have been and bouncing it off the floor. But like, and Sybil Shepherd's like, I mean, how can this be? Like, I'm, I'm a mega loaded, yeah, like, I've Hollywood got loads of money. model. Um, and then her sort of, I guess her sort of French, housekeeper. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, she she sort of says, well, turns out your accountants have wiped you out and they've done yeah. a runner. Um, Right, well, fine. Call Peter to get me the car. Well, Peter's also left, and he's taken the car as well. Yeah. Uh, because obviously everyone's thinking they're not going to get paid now at this point, so yeah. they're all off. They're all doing a legger, and understandably so. Exactly. But she, you know, goes down to the accountant's office where they used to be, and the office is now empty. Everything has been stripped out, and they've they've they have done a runner, full on runner with all the money, all the assets. So she's got next to nothing left, apart from a handful of. Businesses, businesses that she has her hand in, one of which being a detective agency. Now, do you remember last week when I said to you, oh, this is about um, Bruce Willis being a late night DJ? I have no <laughs> idea. Sorry, I have no idea where I got that from. Because I've never watched Moonlighting before. Because I want to see the show where Bruce Willis is a late night DJ. Um, that would be amazing. Maybe, maybe I can put If it that doesn't exist, yeah. there's your next project. Because you'd think that would be called Moonlighting. but like what, Moonlighting as a DJ? Yeah. or He's like primary job is DJ and he's moonlighting during the day as a detective. As a detective. I don't know, maybe. That's that's a better version of this. I don't know why I don't moonlight as a detective. I could get so much content for my shows, couldn't I? I mean, even if you were moonlighting as a detective, you wouldn't tell anyone because you're moonlighting. Obviously. Um so she she discovers that she owns this uh 
agency called Blue Moon Detective Agency. She knew nothing about it, which is kind of weird because the money's been funneled into it. So she's been told by her accountancy people or whoever. <laughs> someone's posting things through my letterbox. What might they put two of the same thing through? <laughs> yeah, it's like, mate, we get it. Um, and she essentially has to go down to these businesses and say and sack everyone and just yeah. liquidate them, basically. So she goes down, and you'd think someone would do this for her, but I guess she doesn't have a, a crew anymore. She goes down to this office, and she was introduced to Bruce Willis, who's the co-owner. And it's weird. Why doesn't the, the co-owners, why don't they know each other? They've never met. Yeah. So Bruce Willis is acting all bully big boy and flirting with, with Maddie because she's a pretty lady just walking to the office. Okay. Not knowing. Yeah, yeah okay, carry on, go on. Yeah, not knowing that she essentially owns a business with him. And um, she tells him, look, money's not great at the moment. We've got to wrap this to, up. To say the least. And he will not let her sack him. He's like, nope. He won't let her sack him. It's like when he's trying to break up with someone, they're like, nope. You're like, uh, well, I'm breaking saying. up with you. you. So you don't want no, to be with me, but um, <laughs> I don't want to break up with you, so... No. I found someone else. No, you haven't. <laughs> so what, what can you say to someone like that? That's essentially what he was doing. He like, was just just no, denying it. I'm breaking up with you. No, you're not. Yeah. But in the end, she was like, fine. Uh, Go away. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's essentially because... There's because Bruce Bruce Willis is on the particular case that we described that was in the pre theme um, segment, the yeah. cold open. Okay, so I want to bring, I want to pick up on something quite important at this at uh, this juncture. Yeah. So this show started in 1985. The um, pilot, yeah, the pilot, yeah. I believe, was aired in the UK in '86. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, so we are talking. Did, uh, just reason I bring that up now is because we're talking pre Die Hard. Bruce Willis. Well before Die We are Hard, talking... Yeah. Uh, that was 1988. Yeah. Uh, although the show ran to 1989, this is all pre-Die Hard Bruce Willis. So we don't know Civil Bruce Shepherd Willis... Civil Shepherd was much as, bigger than Bruce Willis here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. There's, there's definitely a... You know, he is definitely second in line in this show. Yeah. But also, we have, when watching this pilot, in the moment that it came out, will have never known of the character John McClane and yeah. Nagasaki Tower, and all that kind of stuff. We you know none of that is even ex- in existence yeah. when you're watching this pilot episode, if you're watching it when it was released. Because if you, if you think about um, Sybil Shepard's career, she'd done in the 70s, The Last Picture Show, Heartbreak Kid, Taxi Driver she did in 1976. Wow. Taxi Driver. Um, then she did The Lady Vanishes in 79. Um, Although important to note, actually, that Bruce Willis did star in an episode of The Twilight Zone. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. Which I know you'd know. He's awesome. Uh, but um, I just throw that in there as we're talking Bruce Willis this week. It's like if you like set the scene again in the next one, we'll talk about this as well. There were two people here where in your mind you think, oh, Bruce Willis is massive. No, he wasn't massive at all at this point. She was a far bigger star than him uh, at this point. Um, and just and, the, and the, the relationship they have throughout this whole it. episode yeah. is, is wonderful. It's, it's great. And that's what chemistry sold, is great on this. Yeah. That's what sold this TV show. Why it was one of the most popular shows on at the time. Like I'm just looking at the awards that she won for this. She won she swept up at the Golden Globes pretty much every single year this entire se- series. Uh she won a ton of Emmys um as well. Like 86, 85, 86, 87, she just won everything. She was the star. She was the star. And I don't think Bruce Willis won too much. But um, And they have to go big. So you know, you got a name like that and you've got someone like Bruce Willis who's clearly an up and coming, you know, big big name in the film industry. Yeah. Um or at least within entertainment. Um, you know, you've got to go big. So the pilot episode is a 93-minuter. It is a big episode. It's a long yeah. episode. And I probably 
likely to guess here that you're you probably got just as much of an issue with that as me. I think they're I watched that at one point two five speed. Likewise. Yeah. Um I think there's an unnecessary half an hour's worth of guff in this. Because it would have been two hours on TV because I think that we had adverts. Yeah. At least two hours. I say if you're making a pilot episode, make it an hour, mate. Yeah. You don't need like unless you're making the Incredible Hulk, then that can be as long as it wants because that's brilliant. <laughs> and that was ninety minutes, but it felt really short. Yeah. Or Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah. But three hours. But, but other than that, an hour. Um, yeah. So just a few other things, other characters that come into this. Um, you've got the random granddad, the Italian dude, <laughs> who's um, at, at his granddaughter's birthday party having cake, and he gets a phone call from punk weird dude about yeah. the watch. Um, there's quite a bit of to and fro between David and Maddie before there was any sort of a, even unspoken agreement that they're going to work together. Yeah. Maddie's on a date with a plastic surgeon who's just the weirdest old dude that she should ever really be going out to dinner but with. So why is she... What, look, look she's, I don't know She's why. been told she's, she's got zero money. And she's going to these swanky restaurants Don't on go dates. on dates. Sort your life out first. No, get sort yourself your a kebab, out. sit yeah. down, get your notepad and calculator out yeah. and work out the maths. Just do the maths yeah. here. Get, get some, you should be eating super noodles and, th- and thinking, about, thinking about your life, not going to these swanky restaurants with these... Maybe that's her way of getting out of it. She just ma- she wants to pretending, get in with... Pretending that everything's still fine, yeah. maybe, so that work keeps coming in. Or maybe oh, hooking up with a rich guy yeah. might help yeah, her maybe, out. Yeah, maybe, maybe. But so David sort of, you know, is, is re- re- you know, relentless in trying to keep, you know, on her case about you not shutting the, the agency down. We, you know, we're only one case and we'll, we'll be fine, we'll be floating. So he pursues her. He basically follows her all the way to the uh, restaurant and uh, pretends there's a phone call uh, for this guy she's with yeah. um, and makes out like he's got to be called away from the table so he can sit down and have a chat with her. Nice. And it's just a pro- he's properly, properly greasy in yeah. that sort of... Well, you and know, he's, he's, he's so, so sort of just He's very slimy. methodical and you can tell like he'd be good at his job, basically. Um, but yeah, like... we. At this point, we we still don't know really what the whole deal is with this watch and why this crime happened. No, um, but then we we soon enough we get to learn. Yeah, because weird punk dude is uh, in the lift for some reason in this swanky building as well. Yeah, being chased by some like you know accountant looking mob guy. Yeah, and after a little bit of sort of back and forth, staring at each other through the glass windows of two separate lifts, <laughs> you know, weird sort of accountant mob guy disappears, and then all of a sudden. Punk dude is dead. Well, like he's he, been stabbed he, in the back. He stumbles out of the lift and he comes towards and, and he like, puts the watch on Maddie. Yeah. Well, you don't know he's stabbed first until he he gives the watch to Maddie and all of, and then he just falls down. You see, there's a there's a knife in his back, um, which is which is quite clever. And everyone's like, ah, weird. That would totally ruin your knife. A weird punk dude was stabbed in front of you. Yeah. You're having a swanky meal and you've got yeah. a weird dude trying to like, pursue you anyway. Yeah. And then weird punk dude hands you a watch and dies on you. But it's a bit weird because like, he was like trying to put the watch on, 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 on her wrist, on, on Sybil Shepherd's wrist. And she's like, no, don't, don't put this <laughs> Don't put this watch on my wrist. She wasn't trying, was no. she? She but wasn't then, trying that hard yeah. to say, no, I'm quite okay, thank you very much. I already have a watch, so yeah. I can tell the time. Tell you thank what though, you. if like a weird punk guy who was stabbed and was trying to put a watch on me, I would go... I'll have, have a quick look at the, at the make of the watch. And if it was like a Rolex, I'd be like, oh, oh God, yes, stick on. I've got a Bolex. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> but if it was like a Flick Flack. Do you remember Flick Flack watches? No. Flick Flack is water resistant. Flick Flack is shock resistant. Flick Flack, Flick Flack, Flick Flack is Swiss made. That was the advert. Wow. 
flick flack watches. That's a lesson in uh, watchmaking right there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's a very my swatch watch is very nineties, like, um, and I just remember theme songs. You do. You have a, yeah. an incredible mind for them. Uh, I mean, this this episode is not particularly well laid out at this point. We're probably a good twenty minutes or more into it. Yeah, and we still don't really know yeah. what this watch is important for. Why yeah. this watch is worth well being you know mur- murdered for. Yeah. The only thing we know for definite is that chef is going to be fucking so- <laughs> that chef is going to be sacked. Apologies for the start of that word. <laughs> He got, he, he, he got he got so excited at that point oh, there he's yeah. like oh man i'm so excited i'm so watch. angry about that chef like to be honest like i cannot believe a member of staff because thing is like he would have been on her staff for a number of years <laughs> why all of a sudden is he flipped like because this? it's not the first check that's bounced i don't know i don't know no, there's, there's underlying issues i want to see the uh the spin-off show with, <laughs> with uh, the bouncy bouncy italian chef man where he goes into like business as like a like something else yeah basically you know like Gordon Ramsay's gone and goes into sh- like restaurants yeah, yeah. and makes them better <laughs> he goes like, and smashing things just up he smashes stuff up until they start to do something <laughs> better <laughs> anyway so there's there's lots of to and fro between David and Maddie um, he's very very persistent um, and then even to the point where the um, strange accountant mob guy follows them back to his place um, yeah. because he says look let, let me take you back you know you've watched someone being stabbed he's a detective he's used to seeing this kind of stuff and so he says, look, I'll cut, you know, come back to mine. You can stay at mine tonight and, you know, I'll sleep on the sofa and that sort of thing. So he does a gentlemanly thing, despite being sort of a quite cheesy, sort of almost sleazy kind of sort of attitude. But, yeah, they get they get um, followed back to, to his place and they get tied up and there's a bit of a punch up and whatnot. And anyway, he switches the watches. He switches the, the watch that is obviously the one that they're after yeah. with his watch. Um, and he lets them go off to wherever they, he sends them off to. He sort of leads them on a bit of a, a wild goose chase. Um, which I think is very, very brave to do. Even if you're a detective, a trained detective, I think it's quite a bold thing to sort of slip them the wrong bit of evidence or whatever yeah. it is they're after. I think it's it's sackable offence, really. <laughs> you It just jeopardises your entire operation. But maybe he's thinking... These are the last days of, of of the Blue Moon Detective Agency, anyway. So, like, down in rules. But you can just tell he's like a sneaky detective. Like, he will tap someone's phone. Yeah. He will bribe someone to yep. like get info. He will be in the next hotel room listening with a, with a cup to his ear. He's that kind of guy. Um, yeah, it, it, it's a bribe, but he's a sneaky type of type of guy. And it's funny because the dynamic between Bruce and and Maddie. Bruce, what's his name in this? David. David and Maddie. Bruce it, and Sybil. Yeah, it's obviously, even though she's new to the, to the kind of investigative, like, world idea, she's, she's playing things straight. She wants to, she's the straight guy, whereas Bruce Willis is the one bending the rules. And you'd think it'd be the other way around. Um, but then she's naive to how it works, so yeah. she's just treating it like any normal person would if that amount of weird stuff happened to you in the space of, let's be honest, about 24 hours. Yeah, but actually... Sh- if there were if there were if there were two detectives coming to question you, you'd be a lot more likely to open up to Sybil Shepherd being a pretty model yeah. than you would to the kind of like sneaky. Yeah, they also don't seem. To, nobody in this show particularly seems to pay her any respect for who she was. Yeah, because like it, she was a like they they portray yeah. her as this massive 
you know, glamour model of years gone by. Right. And all the pictures on the walls in her house, all the sort of awards <laughs> magazine covers that she's been on, like, you know, she, she, it would be like, I'm trying to think of the most famous model probably nowadays. Cara Delevingne. Done. Like, solving crimes. And her going, can I just ask you a few questions? And nobody asking. Yeah, Cara Delevingne. You can ask me what you want. Yeah, yeah. No one actually acknowledges who yeah. she is. Yeah. But like, they're not like, oh my God, you're, you're Maddie Hayes, as in like, the supermodel Maddie Hayes. Like, yeah. The, the the massive star. Yeah. Nobody freaks out by this yeah. at all. It, yeah. It would, it would and for a detective, David Addison Jr., Bruce's character, yeah, yeah. also has no idea who she is. He has no idea, as a detective, yeah. that she owns the place. And when she walks in, he doesn't bat an eyelid that this amazing, like, former supermodel <laughs> is now in his presence and yeah. telling him he's fired. Because it's like, yeah... It's like Naomi Campbell knocking on your door. Actually, this makes no sense at all, this show. Oh, hi, Naomi Campbell. Yeah, I'll speak to you about this watch. Um, (laughs) Weird. It's weird you're right. Very odd. Oh, it's crazy. I didn't feel this way about it when I watched it in the moment, but now I'm talking to you about it, I do. It doesn't Um, make any sense, yeah. uh, We we mentioned this, 93 minutes, so it goes on for a little bit. It doesn't drag. I didn't feel like it was dragging at any point, but it probably is a lot longer than is necessary. Yeah. We do eventually find out what the num- what the watch is for. It's got numbers on it. Yeah, well, it they have to wait up, isn't it? It takes quite a while to work out there's numbers on there yeah. and then to work out what the numbers mean. Because the watch just looks like a standard watch, like a semi, semi-cheap watch, but the, the, the hands aren't really working, so they think to open it up and inside there's a, a bunch of numbers. Yeah. Again, they don't know what these numbers mean just yet. But they work it out down yeah. the line somewhere after much, much deliberation and getting to that sort of desperate measures sort of time at this point. And David susses it out after some detective work. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, and discovers that actually they are the coordinates. And I don't even know how they work out that they're coordinates to where some sort of, not prize, but treasure almost yeah. is being kept mm-hmm. now many questions are about to follow this next little bit because okay. we do have to talk through this I'll last try and scene <laughs> okay in, in some detail but we'll do it quickly all right okay. we can't try and keep this under five minutes because yeah. this, this is you'll understand in a minute let's do it so they go to the coordinates they yeah. work out the coordinates are a building with an enormous clock face on the side of it very cinematic yeah okay yeah no problem with that whatsoever from the street level clock is very high up mm-hmm. on the side of the building yeah they go in, they go up, they make their way through. They're on the sort of ledge, yeah, platform. Like a classic Hollywood movie. This is yep. played out like a like a film. It's great. Yep, we're we're on big budget now. We're yep. we're talking big name stars. We're mm-hmm. making this count. We're making the ending happen. First things first. They don't know what they're looking for because I'm not sure at any point this really made absolutely clear to them at least that they know that there is a bag of jewels, yeah. diamonds, I worth assumed millions it was something of dollars. like that, though. I assumed it was something like that. I thought the diamonds would be inside the watch originally, mm. I think. Okay. So I don't know if it's ever made massively apparent to them that that's what it is, but yeah. it, might, it might be mentioned once, yeah. but I can't remember if it was that direct to them. Second question, sort of a pre- prefix question yeah who hides jewels worth that amount of money yeah up the side of a building yeah behind a clock face nobody that is the dumbest place ever put it into a safe put it into a put vault put in a pizza box in the oven thing is anywhere else would have been a better idea I get my bank calling me all the time saying uh, yeah we've just got a load of like little safes here which you can have for, like a hundred quid a year just to stick any like important documents in it Stick diamonds and something like You're that. You're the only one with the key to one of these boxes. Yeah. Uh, would you like one? No, I'm all right, thanks. 
Yeah. It makes no sense to me why they're there. Anyway, you know, of course, what we've got here is we've got a former supermodel turned uh, entrepreneur and we've got a detective. Now, yeah. I'm not trying to play a sexist card in any way, shape or form, but we are talking about 1985 when this, this film was made, the show's made. Yep. So there is a little bit of that going on. Um, so David decides to climb the wall first. Mm-hmm. You know, okay, fair enough. He's tried to assemble it. He, he can't, he can't um, ascend the wall. He can't. He falls off and um, falls down to the ledge. Yep. Uh, so Maddie's like, well, let me have a go. So she does. She climbs up. Much more successful, despite yeah. her wearing high heels. They're both clowns, to be honest. He is scene, looking yeah. up her skirt and yep. tells her. Yeah. Very different times. Ba- ba- bad bad mark for the times. show there. Bad yeah. mark for the show. But we, we understand that these things were, you know, they were on telly. So, done. Fine. What I don't understand is he let her get all the way up to in line with the hand, second hand, which he's pointing at the nine. So we're talking quarter to the hour. Yeah. She climbs across the wall onto said minute hand of the clock. Yeah. Which takes her weight fine, no problem. And this is and I'm not trying to say she's heavy. This is like she's a parody a human. of like I think it's called High Times or something, the old 1920s film. Laurel and Hardy. Oh, the, I'm sure Laurel and Hardy did a version. Maybe they did a version, but you know the classic yep. like silent Hollywood thing of a guy yep. hanging off a clock face. Yep. yep. Um, and they were trying to do that. Basically. Very much an homage to that. Yeah. It um, looks expensive though. What they did it looks expensive. She finds these jewels. I mean, how she knew they were hidden behind the nine? No idea. Did, the, did it say it in the Oh, uh, the watch the was stopped at that time, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The watch was stopped at that time, so they knew that they had to wait for yeah. the time on the clock to read the same thing. Quite yeah. clever, actually. So, yeah, okay, that was probably quite but, a clever yeah. little point. Um, anyway, she's up there, she's got the jewels out, and she's like, how do I get down? And he's like, oh, there's a ladder inside. Why don't you get the ladder out in the first place, Bruce? <laughs> yeah, Bruce, why, why, why did you not Idiot. let us know? If you knew that there was a ladder there, that could have helped. Blame the Bruce is, this. It's David's fault, obviously. Do they know how to use a ladder? That's my next question. Well, because I don't think they do. Well, this is the issues that follow next. The ladder is all over the place. I don't even know how that works. or and how... Is it a magic ladder? Magic ladder. I think it has to be. Absolutely is a magic ladder because uh, it seems to be perfectly the right height for her to climb down. Um, however, when... Uh, she does climb down, it falls backwards and over the edge, over the edge of the thing yeah. and then gets stuck and like wedged under something perfectly so that it's flat and flush with the with the floor. Hmm, interesting. She's yeah. now dangling out over the streets of San Francisco, yeah. LA, whatever it is. There's a lot of dangling going. I think it's LA, isn't it? Okay, LA. Same so he climbs yeah. out. Now, he hasn't spent any time fastening down the ladder to make sure it's definitely not going to move anywhere. He's just no. gone out on the ladder over the edge of the building. How Res- is it holding her weight? Her. No idea. Yeah, okay. magic, la- magic, magic ladder. Yeah. She, he rescues her, pulls her up, helps her pull her up, and then he, she climbs over him and back down the ladder to the ledge. So, Which makes no sense why he, he went out the ladder He now sits the first up, place. turns around, stays where he is, like an idiot. Yeah. Anyway, this point, you remember the old Italian dude who was having birthday cake with his daughter earlier on? Yeah. He's yeah. back. Oh, God, is he the bad He's guy? He's got a gun. He's a bad guy. And what does he want? He wants the gems, yeah. the jewels, the prisoners. So the, he holds the, 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 the presents, the treasure, whatever the you want treasure. to call it. So he holds a gun to them. And, uh, so so David she... says, hey, Maddie, chuck me the jewels. Chuck me the diamonds, yeah. So she does. He catches it. Did he you sat... think he was going to drop down? Yeah, I, I thought I did. <laughs> I thought he was going to drop them. Um, anyway, funny. weird old Italian granddad. He climbs out on the ladder as well. And, and like David's like, what are you doing, mate? This is mental. Mm. Bear in mind, this ladder's just held two other adults. Yeah. Him, Maddie and David. But yeah. apparently, weird Italian guy is clearly much heavier. We never see what the other end of the ladder is connected to. And never. how it's floating in mid-air. Magic ladder. Yeah. They both go out. The ladder folds. Yeah. Like, like the way a bit of metal would fold after, under pressure, exactly at the leverage point over it, over the wall. Over the ledge. And, and, but it doesn't snap. Oh, no, it doesn't snap. It just bends... 
perfectly yeah. into the edge of the ball. And by this point, you're starting to think, okay, this is ridiculous. And Bruce but, West know, knew this would happen somehow, didn't he? Yeah, oh, he yeah. absolutely knew it was going to happen. And out of nowhere, this ladder becomes at least 10 feet longer than it was about five <laughs> seconds ago. Very suspect, uh, this magic ladder. Um, I don't really know how this film story ends, to be honest with you, because it, it kind of all happens so quickly. Old Italian granddad dude, I think he falls to his death. <laughs> yeah. Bruce climbs, or David climbs back up. You know, romantic hug at the end. Diamonds are safe. And they have a discussion in a car park at the end about maybe actually starting the detective agency and running it together. Yeah. It's the start of the new journey. The new journey we always look for in the pilot episode. Yeah. So that is about it. That is, the, that is, in a nutshell, the 93 minutes summed up in hopefully about 15 there. Yeah. I think it's the chemistry of the two leads, like we mentioned, that really holds us together and why it was so popular. Yeah. And just, to, just going straight back to the start with, with the theme song, that was a hit. That, was, that theme song was a hit in the charts. Okay. Uh, very, very, very popular. You can hear... And the, at least at the end, you can hear it a bit more with the lyrics and stuff. Um, Very typically 80s sounding. Yeah. Exactly where it should be in an 80s show like this, for sure. Um, and this went on for five seasons. They made 66 episodes over five seasons of this. So yeah. over the space of sort of four, four and a bit years, 1985 to 1989, yeah. um, there were 66 episodes. And yeah. This is the start of Bruce Willis's climb to fame, and, and during the filming of this, went off and made Die Hard as well, and quickly, you know, yeah, went past. Talk about moonlighting, yeah, yeah went to, to see that, yeah, yeah, quite literally moonlighted as a film actor and actually became bigger star than Simple yeah. Shepherd did. I've got a question though, just to end this little Go on. thing. You could do this again now, couldn't you? You could do you could do moonlighting now, and if so, who would you cast? Oh, say it was American. Say yeah, say it was an American TV show. So you had a decent budget. Okay. You need obviously the the lead of the Sybil um, Shepherd's one would you need quite a pretty lady obviously because she's ex model, but somebody who could hold their own mm. against another big A list star. I think the uh, the model would be also so Maddie would be played by Catherine Zeta Jones. Yes, yeah, weirdly good shout. Yeah, not a weirdly good shout, an excellent shout. It was that, 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 that was one of those things that popped into my brain there at the last second before I said someone else. Yeah, I mean Cara Delevingne as she acts. No, because you need it to be an older lady. You need to be someone who's not been, necessarily. I think you do. Yeah, I think you need someone okay. who, who who's actually Charlize Theron then, ex model. Mm, yeah, but I I I oh, it'd be an no, expensive I'm, TV I'm show. I'm convinced by Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah. It's KZJ for me. CZJ, sorry. Okay, um, who play opposite? And... You need someone as enigmatic. <sighs> Would go with someone like Sam Rockwell. No, Sam Rockwell. No, him. Uh, maybe Sam Rockwell. Yeah, that could be a good shout. Or maybe one of the Marvel guys. I'm just Chris thinking... Pine or something. Or is, is he too Pratt, clean? You mean? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. That's, Chris that's Pratt, it, mate. And 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 Catherine Zeta Jones. That's it. Oh man, Chris Pratt is perfect for this actually, because he had the cockiness. Yeah. Or and the sort of not. He's not. Like, typically, like, he's not aftershave advert handsome, yeah. is he? I mean, John Krasinski as well. Yeah. I was going to suggest someone along the lines of Tom Holland, but he might be too young and too sort of... Hang on, you had a go at me for Cara Delevingne, and yeah, you're no, like, no, Tom no. Holland, he's like fucking seven... I guess <laughs> wearing. He's like <laughs> seven... He's in the mood he's, he's, he's in the right sort of sassy mood this I afternoon. I never say the full words, so you don't have to cut it. Um, he's, he's young. Did I tell you about me meeting Tom Holland? Save it. 
Yeah. Save it. We'll, yeah. we'll, 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 we'll do that one later nice. on if we can. <laughs> okay, so there you go. Moonlighting. Episode's called Pilot as well, so take oh, extra, point, extra point for that. Um, did we ever discover if the song actually has the word moonlighting in it? Um, no, but we'll do that at the end of the, okay, end we'll, of the show. We'll have a look whilst we also talk about the second show this week, uh, which was my choice. Um, so in light of the fact that you won last week's episode by bringing Broadchurch to the table, you went first this week. So if I get the win this week, I get to perk first next week. But let's see, because my show has an equally sized A-lister in this one. Bruce Willis goes up against Michael Douglas this week. Wow. In the TV show that he starred in, in the early 70s, Streets of San Francisco. A theme tune special, Jed. Yeah. We're doing the Streets of San Francisco theme tune. Really? Yep. Why? Because it's amazing. Listen to it. The the wah wah guitar. How are we gonna howl? I mean, Kenny could do it. Oh, Kenny could do it. Yeah. That was not. There was no. It's the lyrics side of it. Like, we'll write some lyrics. Okay. And just talking about lyrics, uh, the word moonlighting is in the moonlighting theme song. Oh, is it? Okay. The the last verse, which I'm not sure we hear. It's in the, actually in the final verse, so I don't think we actually hear it in the show. Half point? Maybe a half point. Um, All right. Well, there is no words to Street San Francisco's theme tune, but it is absolutely textbook. Quintessential Sem- 70s detectives. 70s, yeah. Uh, Do you know what? 70s? 70s? 70s, 70s. Yeah. It's can, like 70s and detectives at the same time. You can almost hear the dirt on the street from, from those horns. Yeah. You can almost smell the kind of, like, 70s yeah. of it. I just wanted them to drive down an alleyway full of cardboard boxes. Yeah, that yeah. would have been the only thing that made the opening title yeah. sequence better. The pigeons fly up and stuff. Absolutely, um, yeah, but that's not great. where it starts. It always starts um, uh, with a opening to some sort of crime, and uh, this is where I'd like to uh, make quite a bold statement. Ooh. Has to be said. Right. But, um, I'm 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 going out there now, and okay. I'm blaming. The dog walkers and the runners. They're always the ones that find the bodies. They're blatantly the ones that done it. It's true. They're always the ones that find the bodies. So my suggestion is, for any FBI listening, you need to just send out joggers and dog walkers. To they should all own dogs. Everyone who works yeah. in, in crime investigation... You'll find every missing person. own a dog yeah. and run for a you know, pastime. Yeah. Because you, by, by default, going before work, taking yeah. the dog for the walk or taking the dog for the run, yeah. you're probably going to stumble upon at least three or four cases. That's your month sorted out, isn't it? Tell you what, like... We would have found Lord Logan right now if everyone was just stuck on their Reebok and just had a run. Unbelievable, isn't it? And everyone would be fitter. Yeah. It's good for Perfect. the environment. Yeah. Dogs just... are always good for um, company. Yeah, absolutely. And to keep you calm as well because it's a stressful job. Absolutely. When you, when you get a bit tired, you can just like, you know pet the dog. Exactly. Always good for calming the heart rate yeah. down. Proven. If you get trapped somewhere, eat the dog. Well, so was that I option. Mean, I mean, I mean, Let's not bit, forget that option, bit, Rob. Bit, bit drastic, but yeah, <laughs> I mean... Technically. Um, so this okay. was 1972. It's 1972 we're winding oh. back to. Uh, and we meet Detective Lieutenant Mike Stone, played by Carl Malden. And can I just say, again, Carl Malden was a massive actor compared yep. to Mike. Michael Douglas was a nobody. Carl Malden, if you, if you don't know who he is, Google him now. Look at his face. He's in everything. everything. He was... An actor, so he's he's still alive. He's aged ninety seven, mate. Is he ninety seven? He's ninety seven. He's Holy still cow. alive. 
He has been. Let me just read off some well, of this. Films. Realize this is forty-eight years ago. This episode. Yeah, mate. His first film Don't you was. Realize in, how long Michael Douglas has been doing it as well. He's an old man, but like Carl um, Malden, his first film was in nineteen forty. Nineteen wow. World War Two's just started, and there's him rocking up to his, fr- his first film, which was called "They Knew What They Wanted." Um, some of the other bigger films has been, and he was in a streetcar named Desire. Massive. Hang on. Hang on. Did you just say Carl Malden was acting in 40? 1940, yeah. Michael Douglas was born in 1944. Exactly. He was acting before Michael Douglas was even born. If you can imagine someone being that old. <laughs> <laughs> but look at these if films. you can even count that high. <laughs> yeah. A Streetcar Named Desire. Massive, massive movie. And he won an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actor. This guy has got some real, real cojones on yeah, him. Yeah, but the reason I brought that up as well, mainly, yeah. is because Michael Douglas is 28 in this. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like it seems he, older. It's, it's, it's such a wonderfully thought out casting. Yeah. To think that Carl and Michael working together as the sort of you know experienced stalwart of the department. Yeah. And the new rookie, kind of eager, mm-hmm. eager to impress. But it makes you think because like. So with Myth Moonlight and Sybil Shepherd, even though she was a big star, her star was on the wane a little bit. It was going down a bit. Yeah. But like uh, Carl is top Carl of his Walden, game. But he literally he... made a thousand films. Massive. I'm just looking at how many Academy, how many Oscars he's won. Loads. He's, he's won everything. Golden Globes in the 60s. There's a bunch of like really big movies all the way into the 70s. Loads of big films. So like big for name. him to slum it in a TV show, because film actors never crossed the line. They never went to TV shows. Not it was that, very rare. I mean, nowadays it does because happens t- all the time. Yeah, b- b- because there's the money. The, the, TV's bigger than film in yeah, most cases. The, there's the likes yeah. of Prime and Netflix making TV shows that are as budgeted as a big star, you know, big movie. Now. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Detective Ooh. Stone played by Carl and Inspector Keller, Steve Steve Keller uh, played by Michael Douglas are a little team and. Mm-hmm. Um, we're already luring in a suspect for a yeah. case that's open, and we're five minutes in. This is another hour and a half episode, another big one. Yeah. But under five minutes, and we've got the two characters we're going to follow. We've sussed out roughly their relationship pretty quickly in the space of sort of 30 seconds of them being in the office, and they're off on a case. And Michael Douglas is the person we're kind of following, as is the newbie. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he's our in to the show yeah. because he's our, well, he's the new guy on the scene, he's trying to impress. He's trying to prove himself, and he's also trying to show the old guys like how how the youngsters do it now. Yeah, exactly. Um, so there's that a lot of that to it. So they go and meet a guy called David Farr, who seems genuinely shocked at the death of uh, this woman. This is the woman that's found at the very start by the uh, by the dog walkers and the, and the runners on the beach. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know you're thinking, okay, brilliant. They've met someone, and immediately you're sort of like, oh, they've got someone already that they've found. To go and tell and question, you think yeah. is he a suspect? Mm-hmm. Mm, maybe he is. But he seemed genuinely shocked, genuinely put out by this this whole sort of news. Yeah. So I always think the first person they speak to in the TV show is probably the person that did it. That just the structure of a TV show, you introduce. But that's not a hard and fast rule because if that was the not. case, we'd always solve it five minutes in. True. True. But they lead you to think that they could do it. They could have yeah, done yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need someone like that so the audience kind of hangs there expectations on it and suspicions on it's like oh okay maybe it's this person so you've met David Farr he comes back and forth throughout the episode um, and we'll come back to him in a minute something that came up also quite early on was with the investigation they went and spoke to the uh, coroner who was doing the uh, post-mortem on the body 
question for you, as a filmmaker yourself. Yep. Do you know if there's a reason why they didn't show the body? Um, On the bed, or the table even, they don't actually ever show you any part of the body. They, yeah. There's a body under a sheet, mm-hmm. and they lift the sheet up, but it's always blocking the camera's view. Well, I they think, have a look, but we never see it. Is there a yeah, reason well, for that? Well, I think just because it was different times, and they didn't show autopsies up until probably the 80s, like Quincy, they started showing some autopsies, but it wasn't really until the CSI team... Actually, it wasn't until um, X-Files, where the autopsies were kind of a big part of the investigation where they took they got clues from dead bodies really yeah. so it was really Quincy then X-Files and then the CSI I think that now you're seeing dead bodies all over the place but it just wasn't a thing in the 70s there was no precedent for it and the autopsy was almost the least interesting part of uh, yeah, the TV show it, it only strikes me as something to mention because obviously having watched Broadchurch for last week's or last episode yeah. you know when you've got the, the body of the boy on the beach no, there's, no, there's no like Hiding that there was there was yeah. it was very blatant sort of let us show you what's happened here so you you get the gravitas of the situation. We have seen the body in the water and on the yeah. beach at the start, but all of a sudden now it's like oh we're not going to show you it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't know if it was a watershed thing, if it was a maybe just to keep a mystique about the injuries. I just think they just didn't do it. But like if we like budget uh, on the makeup, I don't know. You well, don't... I did read that this originally was going to be a TV movie, like <laughs> Streets of San Francisco. It was designed as a movie for, for, for TV. That's why these big stars are involved. And this probably why it's nearly 100 minutes long. Yeah. And then they were just like, oh, this would work better if we kept on going because it was maybe it proved really popular. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it just wasn't a thing in the 70s. Not in TV yeah, anyway. Enough. Yeah. I just wondered if you knew that, because it just struck me as something that was a little bit uh, unusual, yeah. given that all the TV shows nowadays... Well, you now get to, you, you get to zoom see... in through the corpse's mouth and go through his... Well, you're talking CSI now, aren't yeah, you? Know yeah. they do it. Okay, so Holly is the uh, is the young lady who's been killed or has died uh, on the beach, and she's the body in the morgue at the moment. Um, there's sort of clues and investigation that goes on back and forth. They go into dodgy parts of town. They go and speak to David a few times. They do this sort of, oh... Bumping into you in the lobby of a hotel type thing. Yeah. Um, oh, sorry, Carl Malden did. Sorry, he died in two thousand and nine, age ninety seven. So he's not still alive. Oh, okay. He would be one hundred and eight right now if he was still alive. Wow. <laughs> well, I mean, this still doesn't take away what the work he did. Yeah. Um, so Holly's caught up in something. That's what we. That's what we kind of learn over this course of like ten, yeah. fifteen minutes. Now you learn that Holly's caught up in something, and David is involved. Well, like the somehow, name Holly, I think somehow. it's quite interesting because Holly's prickly, isn't it? Okay, so is that quite a conscious choice, you reckon? Yeah. Uh, I, I think names and TV shows always give you a bit of a clue. Um, this goes back to your th- you know, thing about Shepherd, which is the sort of leader yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of any sort of group, if it's exactly. a large group on a show. And I think you just fall, sometimes you fall into that. And like screenwriters, and I mean, it's, it's not lazy, but when I see someone, like for instance, if... Um, there's a priest and his surname's Goodman in, in, in a TV show. I'm just like, come on, mate. But you see that loads. Yeah. You see that loads. Yeah. But like using the surname Shepherd in TV shows, for instance, is it's almost kind of lazy because if you notice, every uh, leading man, well, not every, but a lot of leading men has a surname Shepherd in TV shows because it means they're the leader of the group. Like Jack Shepherd in Lost, yeah. Dr. Shepherd in um, Grey's Anatomy. Um, there's, there's countless. I'll just yeah, yeah. off the top of my head. Um, and, we, and we've done both of those shows as well, yeah. which is why I sort of bring it up again. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe there's some some thought gone into the um, you know the naming as well. Holly, David Farr. 
Yeah. Maybe actually it's quite far-fetched that he's actually the thing. I'm not just trying to play on words here. No, no, it's true. Logically, they're trying to make you believe it's one person and then it's not, it's someone else. Yeah. Um, There's lots of sort of fillers, filler interrogations in this where they um, both, uh, Mike and Steve... uh, Carl and Michael's characters, uh, they bump into David on different areas and places in the lifts and apartment buildings and so on and so forth. David appears to be having flashbacks quite a bit. Yeah. And we see a few of those from time to time. It, you know, he knows something, but does he know exactly what happens? You know, and, and I guess that's the thing that keeps you watching, you know, in this hour and a half long episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the technology that helps them with forensics you know it's very very sort of 70s um so it's quite w- funny watching all this sort of unfold and they they're the way they're solving this crime is just yeah. so archaic but actually it it's, really is it's, it's nearly 50 years old can't stress that enough in two years time yeah. this episode will be 50 years well, old i've been re-watching life on mars recently okay and you know that's obviously set in the 70s yeah and again, the the detective work they do was very archaic. There were there were no, there was no like DNA kind of testing. There was no. It was more like hunches, and yeah. um, it was more planting evidence. And just if he's a bad guy, just get him on however you can. Um, so it was, this was like set before the dawn of like the technology that we have now. You used to fight crime. You just had to do stuff. The forensic revolution. Yeah, I think probably be the words. You have to use interrogation and your in your hunch and and. Clues where available were helpful, but it's mostly like I've got a hunch he's the guy. Let's pin him. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Again, archaic. I think that's the right word for it. There's other characters that sort of start to flood into this episode as it goes on, and the more the later you get in the episode, the more characters there are, the more people you think, oh, it could be him, could be her. He, yeah. oh, he didn't do it, or did he? Oh, I don't. And it seems quite com- by the end of it, it's quite complicated. I think if you're not paying attention enough you can quite easily go hang on who's he where did he come i mean from? i did feel like that a little bit um, towards the end it was a, yeah. bit, a bit chaotic in like how many people were involved in this case and how many people were lots being of guest questioned. stars in this as well yeah there was a tom bosley um in it he's from happy well, I mean, days yeah, i'm not sure how much <laughs> of it was designed to deliberately sort of just be a a, a star filler yeah. because of it being you know one of the first, first episode they wanted people to say go oh, go big. i know him from something i know him from yeah, happy go days big I know or go from... home yeah yeah um and without spoiling how the ending kind of turns out so you could keep guessing like, like like i did for sure um you know there's there's the nice sort of stereotypical um crime reveal at the end yeah. where with you know there is there is a disguise that's used in this Scooby Dooby Doo. Uh, yeah, very Scooby Doo. Um, but it's actually something quite pleasing about the way it's sort of almost cheesy, yeah, in its nature. Um, what and do you think again, about the relationship between? I love the relationship between what, what Mike and Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I brilliant because I think it's like father and son, wasn't it? A little very bit. much father and son. Very much sort of like you know. Um, the these are the ways I've always done it, and you know and we've like, always done it this way, and we've never, it's never failed us yet. And the yeah. new guns coming in with all the new ideas and new yeah. thoughts processes, and, and you can see what's going to happen here is that Mike will eventually step down and retire. Yeah, and yeah. it's when will that happen? I think yeah. that's one of the overarching sort of storylines: is when is Mike going to say, "Do you know what, Steve? You're ready for it. Okay. You're no longer Inspector Steve Keller. Yeah. You're now Detective Lieutenant." Steve Keller and, and sort of that passing of the baton. Yeah, I wonder if Life on Mars is influenced by this because it is quite similar. You get the new guy coming in with the kind of newfangled ways to it like investigate. It wouldn't crime. surprise me. Yeah, it yeah. wouldn't surprise me. Um, I enjoyed it though. I, I it did. Enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Uh, I mean, if I'm, if I'm putting you on the spot, which one do you enjoy more? 
I'm going with Streets of San Francisco, personally. I think Streets of San Francisco definitely overall is better. Okay. But Should we do I some th- commandments against yeah, it? Yeah, let's do that. We'll figure it out. And then we'll work it out from there. So, yep. uh, 1986, Moonlighting, the episode called Pilots. Uh, the first of 66 episodes, an hour and a half long. Do you want to watch episode two, though? I do, but no, I'm in no rush. Yeah, not, Same as Street of San Francisco. I'm I'll, not, I'll watch it. I'm more intrigued about the second episode of Streets of San Francisco than yep. I am of Moonlighting. Okay. Does it have a memorable theme tune? They both kind of do. They both work as far as they are what they're for. Moonlighting was a memorable. chart hit, so... Mm. Not my favourite song in the world, but again, the Moonlighting one was the a hit. Streets of San Francisco. <laughs> the words that we haven't actually uh, got to this theme tune. Does it introduce you to a new character or journey? Both of them. Both got Almost a the journey. same character. Not even new characters, more, more journeys, isn't it? You know, Maddie, Maddie's about to go into partnership with David as the yeah. detective, and Steve is kind of the new guy on the scene as a detective. Same, I think it's the same story. So actually, it's always it? the yeah. same journey, same, same story same in a way. Yeah. Uh, would you pause for a pee? I don't I mean, think I did. No. I mean, to be honest, it's going to be hard for something to stop me yeah. from peeing. Do I really need to pause it? Not particularly. No. I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up. Yeah. Do you feel emotionally connected, love or hate, with one or more of the characters? See, I'm more connected to Sybil Shepherd in, I think, than any other than Michael I, Douglas. I feel sorry for uh, Bouncy Bouncy Man. Yeah, and um, <laughs> and I don't know. I feel like I, I feel I'm I'm sort of I, I want Michael Douglas's character Steve Keller to do well, but I don't know if I feel anything for him. Yet. I'm just like in a few years, but you'll be married to Catherine Zeta-Jones. So, commandment number six. Yeah, would you recommend them? I mean, both of shows. Them, yeah. I yeah. definitely would. She's a fan, Francisco. If you want a, a normal procedural kind of like detective show, yep. Moonlight. If you want something a bit quirky, agree with that. Yeah. Is there a mic drop? No. For neither of them. Neither. Even of them. the reveals at the end and stuff. And no. Yeah. Do they define expectations? Yeah, I think Moonlight was a lot better than I thought it was. And she's Francis Francisco. I had no knowledge of how they that was ideas out. of it, but I was imp- I was impressed. So. Yeah, I Definitely think decent. I likewise say the same thing. I mean, Moonlighting. I thought it was a DJ, a midnight, you know, nighttime DJ. I'm so sorry, was a bit mate. surprised. But um, I, I wish it was San Francisco. No preconceptions. So yeah, it's sort of. I guess it defied the non-existent yeah. expectations. Have they aged well? Streets of San Francisco better than Moonlighting. Only I think for a few San Francisco. References. It looks cinematic. Um, yes. So, More think, so, yeah, and I think that's the way. Like, if it's filmed really well, then it will last forever. Basically. And a couple of references in Moonlighting were just dating it a tiny bit, yeah, in a, in a negative way. But I mean, it's always going to see like Bruce it's Willis. I'll watch Bruce Willis open a packet of crisps. I think it's very fair point. Yeah, is the hype real? There's zero hype about either of them, really. Um, is it the sort of show that people would have talked about the next day in the office? Moonlighting was that show one of the most. Pop- Actually, both of them probably were. But I just, I just know that I feel like Moonlighting is probably more accessible to a British audience than, than Streets of San Francisco would have been. Yeah, possibly because it's very obviously American. Streets of San Francisco. Yeah, it's got less interest on a level of sort of accessibility for a British audience. Well, I think especially in nineteen seventy-two, we probably had our own cop shows. Yeah, heartbeat. Um, <laughs> but the selling point for both of these are they've got massive stars, and before they were famous, r- really. So. Well, but they weren't, that's the thing, they weren't massive stars when they came out, which is what we yeah. have to try and remember. But no, I mean, now, if you're going to recommend it to someone, you'll say, <coughs> you'll, you'll like this because you like Bruce Willis. Or, yeah. Yeah. Okay, scores. 
Moonlighting? Seven. You're going to go seven? Yeah. I'm saying 6.5. Okay. Um, I liked it, I think, almost as much as it's you. Fine. Just not quite, not yeah. quite as much. So that's a 13.5 for Moonlighting. Does not make the top 50, unfortunately. No, nope, it's not close enough, my friend. But Streets of San Francisco, Mike's? No, probably won't. Um, <laughs> I'm saying seven. Well, I want to go 6.5, so okay. exact same score. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> I, I preferred Moonlighting just a touch more. Um, okay, because of the comedy element. That's really. fine. I yeah. can I can live with that. I can live with that. Uh, so that's thirteen each, uh, thirteen point five each. Sorry, uh, which does mean we have no out and out, outright winner. So who goes next? First next week is well, as you went first this week. Do you mind if I fine. throw one in? Go for it. Um, because I discovered that something I used to watch uh, many moons ago is Ooh, available. Are we allowed to say what this is on Prime. Am I allowed to say what this is? Yeah, it's, we have a page. Okay, if anyone under eighteen is <laughs> joking, <laughs> if anyone under eighteen is watching, listening to this, you're going to love next week's show that I'm quitting up against okay. because uh, my show is simply Banana Man. Wow, <laughs> wow! Because it's available on Prime. Banana. They've got the oh. whole lot available on Prime. Is it really? I'm, I, that's okay. why I'm doing it because I spotted it early in the week and I was like, "We're doing it, Banana Man, done." <sighs> So I need a superhero type superhero, cartoon, fruit based show. <laughs> um, I'm not sure I could. Well, there's a show that I used to watch when I was a mm-hmm. kid. Actually, do you know how I can beat you with not not having just one superhero in it? Oh, that's not fair. It's gonna have like five. <laughs> it was like the Avengers I, before I the Avengers. Okay, right. Uh, there's a cartoon called Defenders of the Earth. Are you aware I, of this? I am aware of Defenders of the Earth. Yes. With like Phantom. I feel like already the theme tune is uh, is already. Upping me, despite oh, the fact that the theme to Banana Man is very good. That oh, they're both really good. Um, yeah, they are. So, Defenders of the Earth. Okay, I don't know where to find it, but Banana I'm sure Man it's on Daily versus Defenders of the Earth. Yeah, next week for take 128. Ooh, yeah. Um, but listen, by all means, please suggest shows if you have um, a show that you're really loving or something you just started that you think the first episode was ace to, or you've got a couple of shows that you think should be paired off against each other. That yeah. is even more ideal. Ooh, Let us think about what you have, yeah. and we'll put your suggestions up sooner rather than ours. So, where we are on Twitter, you need to listen carefully. We're going to sing this for you. You can Ready? find me on Twitter, at Jed Shepherd, J-E-D-S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. Very musical this week. And I am at The Jellyman. That's T-H-E-E-Jellyman. So tweet us, uh, let us know which ones you would like us to watch. If it's one, it's one. If it's a pair, even better. Um, hashtag is put it on the list. Uh, we'll search for that. It makes it a little easier. And that is it. We will see you for next week's uh, Take 128, Banana Man versus Defenders of the Earth. Defenders. So leaves me to say, see you later, alligator. Hey, grab your hype badge. You're up to level four. That's terrible. <laughs>